It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, how you doing? Matt Hausman, that time again. Hope everyone is doing great. And uh, I got to bring this up. Over the weekend, I ended up watching a documentary that to me is was just phenomenal. It was awesome. Um, I'm a big fan of magic. And this happened to be, the, it's called Delt. And it's the story of what many people believe is the greatest card magician ever. He talks and he shows different ways that you can essentially, through sleight of hand, manipulate the deck, and you'd never want to play cards with him, especially, obviously, if he's the dealer, because he shows you how to cheat. But the most interesting thing about this documentary and the person in the film, which his name is Richard Turner, is he's blind. He's completely blind. Can't even distinguish between dark and light. And yet, his ability with these card tricks are, quite frankly, they're just amazing. If you get a chance, check it out. Again, Delt, I think it was put out in 2017 or 18. Um, I ended up seeing it on Hulu. I'm sure there's other places that you can find it. But again, Delt, it was uh, it's the story and it's a documentary on Richard Turner, known to be one of the world's greatest card magicians. Um, absolutely. Anyway. I digress. <laughs> I just had to throw that out there because I, I thought it was just utterly amazing. So anyway, it's that time again. Uh, I'm going to jump in like I usually do. I use this format as a way to talk about the questions that either come in uh, on the phone, through the internet, conversations with clients, uh, other people that are in our office, and hopefully be able to shed some light on additional, usually, you know, I did a workshop a couple weeks ago. And I, I talk to them about it's not usually somebody comes in with maybe one or two questions. And many times you can't get an answer that is specific to you and your situation without going further in and asking additional ones. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to take a couple questions that have come in and kind of go through what I talk to people about with that. And hopefully it helps you in understanding, no pun intended, the smart money questions to ask. So before we do that, let's make sure we deal with a disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation. So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. 
Okay. The first one comes in, and I've had this. I've had people in my office numerous times where this has been the situation, and they're looking for guidance, which is great that they're looking for it. Um, I think they might have been surprised on what my answers were, but this comes specifically from Vicky right here in the great state of Pennsylvania. It says it's very likely that my husband and I will be getting divorced within the next year or two. I'm already retired, and he'll be retiring in the next couple of years. How is this going to affect my retirement picture if we end up getting divorced and splitting the assets? First of all, it's always terrible to hear about someone going through that. And the numerous times I've spoke with people about that, you want to understand what it is you're going to be looking at when you go to split the assets. Many times, you know, people will say, okay, I'm going to go out. I need to get a divorce attorney, possibly, you know, a divorce attorney that also deals in family law if there's, if there's children involved. But many times you're also going to need to get a CPA involved depending on the type of assets you have. Many times divorce attorneys are going to recommend it to be able to provide equitable distribution of the assets when the divorce happens. So the, the one thing to realize is in speaking with the attorney, your attorney that you are that you're, you know, relying on to represent your best interest in going through this is does a CPA need to be involved? They should always be involved if you have qualified retirement plans or pensions that one or both are eligible for because there's a certain process that you will need to go through that a CPA needs to be involved with in the event you have what's called a quadro. And that is where I won't go into all the specifics about it, but basically it's the division of qualified retirement account monies and potentially pensions. So understanding, once again, you know, one of the biggest things I always talk about is understanding where your money is, what tax bucket it fits in. If you have IRAs, traditional IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, 457s, even if you have Roth 401k, Roth 403bs, what have you, or traditional Roths, traditional IRAs versus, say, normal non or after-tax non-qualified investment accounts, savings accounts, CDs, what have you. It's real important when you start to go through that exercise that you have someone that can help you understand along the way when you're looking to divide these assets, what's going to be the tax ramifications on the back end and it's all going to be dependent upon what type of asset it is. Is it a traditional 401k plan? Is it just a traditional after-tax brokerage account or savings account? What have you. Very important to do that. And many times that's why a CPA will need to be involved with that. So you're making sure that not only is the division of assets equitable, in the direction you're wanting to go, but also the tax ramifications after the divorce are in your best interest, or at a minimum, you understand what they're going to be. Now, the other thing you said is, how's it going to affect my retirement picture? Well, I would recommend in what you're anticipating that division of assets to look like, and you have determined the tax buckets that they sit in, just do a, you know, a very simple income distribution plan. Is there going to be the division of um, you know, possibly some Social Security benefits? Is there a pension involved? All of that would go into that equation of doing an income plan. And then the other thing you want to be looking at is, while you're married, are there other benefits that you have, for instance, health care, that 
if, for instance, your husband is providing the health care now and it's under his company um, benefit plans and you get divorced, how is that, you know, what's going to be on the back end for you? Now, the other thing that I always tell people to do is to not do anything. I do not recommend starting to move assets around, starting, you know, well, I'm going to end up getting this. This is what the attorney has already said. I want to start doing some planning, making some moves with these different assets. My recommendation, at least me personally, is until there is a divorce settlement done, then I'm not getting involved in looking to make or give advice on where and how to move assets because... Up until that point in time when the divorce is final and the division of assets has happened, so much can take place. So again, my recommendation is, you know, don't look to move where the assets are unless all parties agree, meaning your ex, your ex's attorney, you, your attorney, you will make those decisions at that time along with, you know, 100% consensus. But I wouldn't recommend doing anything until then. So again, looking at the assets, how's it going to affect my retirement plan? You know, if you do divide, you know, divide the assets up, does the CPA need to be involved? What tax buckets are the different assets in? And then do, you know, run a simple income and distribution plan and, and see if that is going to affect you and obviously, are there benefits that you're going to lose out on, specifically if you're pre-Medicare? Actually, even if you're at, uh, past Medicare and you're already, maybe you're on traditional Medicare A and B, but you, know, you have retiree health benefits for the supplement that is being picked up by, um, potentially by your ex's company through his retire, retiree benefits. It's really important to be looking at all of that. And the other thing I will say is, you need to be, you know, no different than going into the hospital. You know, God love the, the, the nurses, uh, healthcare practitioners, um, doctors, but you need to be your own advocate and voicing these things. The same thing is to be said when you're dealing with your attorney. Um, I had a friend of mine go through something or go through this, and um, luckily he, he was his biggest advocate. And in many cases, um, he was coming up with things that the attorneys hadn't asked. But then once they, well, this is why I'm wanting to find this out, then it made total sense. So again, you are your biggest advocate in doing that. So Vicki, hopefully that helps you. If, you. if you have any questions more, reach out to us, speakwithmat.com. Again, speakwithmat.com. You can schedule right there, in-person meeting or, a, um, or just a simple conference call. Okay. The other comes us to us from Cliff in Virginia. Now, this doesn't happen often, but it still does happen. And his question is, I have a lot of company stock in my 401k. How much do you think is too much as a percentage of the account? Now, what doesn't happen very often anymore is that a company is going to offer their own company stock within the plan. A lot of that went away about 20 years ago. But there are still plans out there that offer this. Most recently, I have a client that works at B of A, Bank of America, and they still do offer that. Now, one of the questions that you want to ask specifically before we get to the percentage of your overall plan is, is that 401k stock option there? Not stock options, but the stock that you're getting to choose as one of your allocations. Is it eligible 
for an NUA, net unrealized depreciation. It is still part of the law. I won't go into it, but in the event that you have access to the NUA from that company stock, it can be very advantageous from a tax perspective later on when either you um, sever service or retire. So again, you want to reach out to the provider. Is the company stock inside my 401k eligible for an NUA? Now, with regards to the percentage in your account, I am not a big you know, stock picker. I'm not a proponent of that. But in this case, you know, maybe 5% of your overall portfolio can be in that, that company stock. You say you have a lot. I'm assuming it's more than that. But I would use that. Uh, I would use, hopefully you have other investment options within the 401k where you can do, um, you can diversify through, usually they're going to have index funds like an S&P fund, a growth, you know, maybe a mid-cap, small-cap, international, what have you. And you can start to diversify your overall 401k to help deal with the volatility. The reason I bring that up is I met with someone about five or six years ago that had almost all of their 401k in the company stock that they worked at. Within about two years, I came back in touch with that person and the company had fallen on really really hard times. And the stock value at that point in time was only worth about 15 cents on the dollar from where it was before. That is why I'm not a big proponent of just holding one individual or even 10 or 20 individual stocks. That's why when you can diversify based on asset class, utilizing indexed mutual funds or indexed ETFs, you end up creating greater diversification and lowering the chance of one stock plummeting the value of your investment account. Okay. So Cliff, to answer your question, how much should be a percentage? That's my opinion. Um, But if you do have that is I would suggest reaching out to your provider and finding out if that stock has, and if it qualifies for an NUA option. Um, If it does, then they can go ahead and explain to you exactly what that means um, and how you can take advantage of that that particular option. It can be a very, very uh, valuable tax move if and when, again, you, um, you sever service or you retire. That's when that would be you'd be eligible to exercise that NUA option. So listen, everyone, that's all I've got today. I hope it's been valuable. If you have any questions or concerns or scenarios you would like for us to address, reach out to us at info at smartmoneyquestions.com. You can shoot it over right there. Go to uh, smartmoneyquestions.com. There's a place right there. You can also simply record a question and send it in. If you would like to have a more personalized, specific conversation with me, you can do that at speakwithmatt.com. Again, www.speakwithmatt.com. My online calendar is there. You can schedule a Zoom, conference call, or in person. Listen, everyone. Take care. We'll talk soon.